the Hello everybody, welcome into the Ball Blast broadcast. We are officially a brand new team. We have the fantasy PT. We have Matt Okada and Dynasty Beard. Introduce yourself, boys, in a brand new way, because this is a very, very exciting day for us all. Tell us what's up. Oh my gosh, what a day, guys. Like, oh, I wish I had words to describe it. I'm going to try to come up with some words to describe it, but uh, excitement, um, pumped, a lot of energy, really excited for what this is. And shout out to yep. uh, the Ball Blast girls for bringing us on. And if you don't know us yet, first off, um, I am Matthew Betts. Uh, the Twitter handle is at the Fantasy PT. I'm joined by my two co-hosts now joining this new team, this new superstar team. Man, uh, boys, I hope you're ready here to uh, to bring the energy because it's going to be a good night. It is going yeah. to be such a good night. We're going to have a lot of fun questions that we've prepped. But guys, so this this is... Are the... you going to let the other two? Or just Bets? I mean, Bets is They'll the... figure it out. But <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. We're so pumped uh, to join the team. So I am Matt Okada, per the Twitter handle at Matt Okada. I am one of the founding members of the Red Shirts, which is now joining teams with the Ball Blast Girls. Uh, I work as a researcher for the NFL Network during the season. So right now I'm off, which has been sad and boring. I miss the NFL. Uh, but when the season is on, I am at the NFL Network Studios in LA, and it is the best job ever. I love it. And uh, I try to yeah, bring that research in here. Stop showing off, Matt. Okay, well, you asked to know. That's all I got. <laughs> and how about you, Mr. Dynasty Beard? What's your real yes. name? Uh, my real name is John Helmkamp. Um, there you go. At Dynasty Beard, because I talk about Dynasty and have a beard, so it works. Um, yeah, big time running back enthusiasts, especially. That's just kind of the position I've always been drawn to. I, I love them. Um, there's, they're fun to scout when it comes to looking at college players that are coming in. Um, they're those players that anchor, in my opinion, any good fantasy roster. I love me some running backs. Um, I came on with these other two bozos, uh, at red shirts back in January is when I joined up with them. So we've been about six months there. Um, and then, yeah, over the last year, we've kind of all been getting to know each other through Twitter and other professional endeavors and playing in leagues together and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's just, What? Becoming besties. Yes, totally. Um, so we we all were really good friends before doing this. So uh, yes, Faith, we'll we'll talk Faith, about that. If, if it, if it helps with the feels, it was drawn by my young niece, and this little brown note says, "I love you." Everybody, listening to the broadcast afterwards, we're going to post up the audio for this in case you're wondering what in the world we're referencing to. Hmm. Um, we've got Matt Okada with a beautiful hand-drawn Patriots logo by his niece. How cute is that? That's adorable. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, Jace, this is a permanent thing. So welcome to the new team. Uh, the this new team. The, the new ball blast team. Yes, we we are in this together forever and and best friends forever. Um, so from now on, you guys are still going to be doing we the red search po red shirts pod. Um, we're going to be posting all of our stuff together on ballblastfootball.com, and I'm so excited. They're bringing their team of writers over. Uh, we still have our guys, Mike, Corey, Jake. It's a party. We're having a big party. Yeah. So uh, we signed our contract in blood, I'm pretty sure. So it's, it's yep. Yeah, it's that sounds about right. Yeah. But we're still going to talk about fantasy today. We're not going to just talk about ourselves. We're not that um, conceited, right? I could talk about my... We're gonna get. We're gonna dig in to fantasy football questions like we normally do on Thursday night. So, boys, this is your first time joining. Some of you. Wait, this is like a permanent date. Are we getting married? It's like oh, a totally. Permanent date. It's <laughs> we have to be new talk about the legal. Anyways, such a commitment. What I'm going to do oh, is I'm going God. to ask you all a, a question. I'm going to post it up here. And it's mm. pretty much usually about two guys and which one you'd rather have around the same ADP for the 2020 season. So you don't have to think about the future just for one year. And then some other interesting questions for the 2020 season. It's not just based off ADP. But we're going to start with a hard one here, which I feel like you guys are 
going to hate me about, and many of our listeners might not understand, but how certain are we that Kyler Murray, who's going as a quarterback four in ADP, is going to be that much better than Daniel Jones going as a quarterback Whoa. 14 in 2020? Whoa. I feel like we have to let Betts answer this first because he's right. the only one who's going to give an interesting answer. All right, we're going to go to Betts. Betts, Okada, John, and then back up to Okay, that. word. Yeah, I'm fine taking the lead on this one. I mean, these fellas know my thoughts on Daniel Jones. I've got him at my quarterback eight right now in, in redraft rankings. So I'm in on Daniel Jones. He did not play a single game last year with all of his wide receivers on the field together, let alone Evan Ingram included. Missed time with Saquon Barkley as well. The rushing upside is immense last year's games if you look at a 16 game pace i've used a stat with the guys before so they're probably gonna roll their eyes at me because they hear it all the time four yeah. quarterbacks with 400 rushing yards last year kyler murray lamar jackson deshaun watson josh allen on a 16 game pace daniel jones is right off that 400 yard mark his rushing is going to make him a quarterback one so at quarterback 14 i mean it's possible he finishes ahead of kyler now i don't have him ranked there but of course i think it's possible Listen, I will say this. At their ADPs, if you ask me like, how certain am I that one's going to be a value over the other, I might lean a little bit towards Daniel Jones because Kyler's going very, very high. But there's a reason for that, and it's not even close for me between these two guys. Betts mentioned that he never had all his receivers on the field and Evan Ingram to boot. He doesn't have any receivers to put on the field this year, whether they're healthy or not, and Evan Ingram's not going to be healthy either because he never is. Listen, Kyler is a better quarterback with a better coach and infinitely better weapons. Like, his third best receiver is better than the Giants' number one. And yep. yes, Saquon is very good, and so is Evan Ingram if he can stay healthy, but those guys don't make up for the receiving core that the Cardinals have. So it's not – I'm very certain, unless something bad happens with Kyler, like an injury, he's going to be a How top-six quarterback. You? Don't yeah, put that it, out it, there. It will happen. Don't worry. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I'm with Okada on this one. Like, if – the question is, how certain are we that Kyler is going to be that much better than Daniel? Very certain. Absolutely. Now, if you want to go late-round quarterback, I'm totally fine with you taking a shot on Daniel Jones, 100%. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. He's very intriguing to me. I expect him to take a step forward in year two. Bet said, well, he never had all of his players on the field. Also, to that effect, he never will because his tight end is Evan Ingram. So he's never going to have everyone. Uh, on the field uh, excuse me. Caden Smith. Caden Smith is right behind him, baby. And he's Shush. ready. <laughs> Shush. Spicy. Shush. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yes. Kyler Murray is ridiculous. He was the quarterback seven or eight, depending on your scoring last year. They as didn't really even as a rookie, they didn't even turn his rushing loose. Like, at all. And he battled an injury. So we, there was, like, a three-game stretch where he had double-digit rushing attempts, and it was super sexy. It was week 5, 6, and 7. He had 10, 11, and then 10. In those, 93, 32, Ooh. and then 28 yards, respectively, um, with one touchdown in there as well in the rushing. And then he battled through a little bit of an injury in the rest of the season. They were kind of playing double-dutch on do we turn him loose, do we protect him, and kind of keep him back there. He still had 544 rushing yards like not turned fully loose. If there is another quarterback in the NFL that has a chance at coming anywhere close to what Lamar Jackson does, it's Kyler Murray. And I fully expect six to 700 rushing yards easy this season for Kyler Murray. He could easily finish as a top three fantasy quarterback. So yes, he's going to be much better than Daniel Jones will. But also again, value is important. If you're waiting, Daniel Jones is a fine that I think he'll he'll outperform his quarterback 1480p. Let's put it that way. I'll let you go first. Um, so I actually think this is a super interesting question because in Superflex formats, you can come out with both of these guys and oh, have sure. this upside. Like that, could you imagine this stack would oh so juicy? Um, I love both of these guys. Both of them are top 10 for me. I absolutely love it. And but I'm going to take the value. If this is a single quarterback league, That's I'm not going what to take. Question's I know, I know, because I I just think the margin is going to be closer than we would expect. And I do have Kyler Murray as my quarterback three. I love Kyler Murray. I took him as a quarterback as the 102 in yeah, a superflex dynasty league. Okay, mm. I love mm. Kyler Murray, but I'm not buying into the idea that they're going to finish that differently where if I can get a Daniel Jones as a quarterback 14, 
I'd much prefer him because the gaps that yeah. that close for me. I have them super close in my rankings. I have Murray at seven after my projections, which I was it was low. I, I've been really high in Murray this offseason, so I was shocked by that as well. He'll probably move up a little bit as we get closer to the season in my rankings. I'll try to adjust because I love him so much. But Daniel Jones was my nine. So I'm not going to be that shocked if Daniel Jones did finish very close to Murray or even above him. He was a really good rookie. Maybe not so much like real NFL, but for fantasy, he had his boom games. I think he'll have bigger boom games than Kyler does. I think Murray might be a little bit more consistent because of his rushing. Uh, But Daniel Jones also gets plenty of rushing yards. He's going to get in the end zone with his feet, which will be great. And I think they both, Murray and Jones, have three wide outs that are pretty good. Now, Hopkins is way better than anyone on the Giants. <laughs> so is Kirk. I think Tate is better yeah. fit at this point in their career. And Sterling Shepard and Christian Kirk are kind of Don't. like, hi. What? Mm-hmm. We're getting a beard from Bet or from John. But also, so you say Evan Ingram, like Evan Ingram's on in the field. Well, Kyler Murray literally doesn't have a tight end. <laughs> That's true. Smith is better than any tight end on the Cardinals. And I think we can all admit Barkley, I love Drake so much, but Barkley's a better pass-catching weapon than Drake is, even though Drake's great too. I, I don't know. I, I don't know which side I prefer, but I, I don't think the gap's that crazy. So if I'm picking one, I'm definitely uh, – I'm going. I'm just waiting for Daniel Jones. And also, Okada, I have a bone to pick with you about the fact that Ooh. Daniel Jones does not have receivers. I love his receiving core so much. And not not for fantasy. In fantasy? No, 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 no. In real life? No, 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 no. I love his receiving core because I think that they boost the floor for him so much. I think that – they dilute each other out because I think they're all very talented NFL players. But I think that's exactly the kind of receiving core that a young developing quarterback like Daniel Jones is going to need to take that next step in a sophomore season. Hmm. He has a, I, I will say he has a safe receiving core. Like having Golden Tate is nice yeah. and Saquon Barkley is nice. But I think the upside's pretty limited. I don't see any stars on that team unless Darius Slayton breaks out big time. You mean like you did last year? All right. No. That was an okay year. Moving like three games. To the next question. This is kind of one that maybe might be boring to people, but I actually want to know because I think it's pretty clear CMC and Barkley is the one and two. But if you're picking next, we have Dalvin Cook holding out. So that one's hard to do. But are you picking Zeke? Are you picking Alvin Kamara? Who do you expect to have a better 2020? Don't worry about the future. Uh, yeah. We can throw John and go the opposite way. Ooh. Okay. Um, for me, I expect that, I expect that to be Zeke. I'm going to go with Zeke. I'm going to say that Zeke finishes higher than Alvin Kamara. Um, the amount of points that that offense is going to produce, I think gives Zeke the edge. I don't know that New Orleans is going to be crazy high powered in the scoring metrics, for their total offense, like what we've seen in years past. I think they might take a little bit of a step down in that regard. I still think, yeah, Nate, hi, love you. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I still think I still think that Alvin Kamara is going to be absolutely phenomenal. We've talked about him on our podcast over on Red Shirts, how it's 81 catches every single year for three years running. I expect him to probably have more than that this year. And while I do think that Ezekiel Elliott's receiving numbers is target total is probably likely to come down because of the acquisition of CD lamb and all the mouths that they have to feed in the passing game there. This offense is going to be so crazy scary to me that I think Ezekiel Elliott is one of three running backs that probably have a legitimate chance at the crown for, for the rushing yardage this year. I think that that's within his realm of possibility and the touchdown upside is insane. So I expect that to carry him higher than Camara, but I love both of these two this year. I'm not fading either one of these guys coming into this season. Hey. Yeah. Well, first of all, quick question. What's the scoring format PPR-wise that we're talking here? Let's just go full PPR where everyone should be playing. Ooh, that makes it tougher. That's okay, what I'm so, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really close with full PPR. I'm rising on Alvin Kamara right now. His touchdown regression is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. We actually saw a couple years of Zeke struggling to score touchdowns. Last year, he scored 12 again. It's not a very sticky metric, so that's bound to go up and down. 
But Kamara had some great years to start his career, then dropped way down last year inexplicably. That's going to come back up. The receiving game is going to be better for Kamara, almost certainly, although I do like Zeke's pass catching in the, in the last couple of years. Obviously, he's broken out as well in that category. The Cowboys offense and the Saints offense are both going to be really good. The Cowboys actually maybe have more mouths to feed now, which makes it interesting. You know what? I think I'm going to say Kamara here. It's like it's so close that it's basically a tie and I could flip a coin. It's, yeah. And it's I will really, it's really tight. several times between now and the start of the season. But I'm going to go ahead and take Kamara for now and probably change it tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'm going with Kamara. He's actually my running back, too, over at Barkley. Ooh. I like it. But, he, I mean, he was injured last year, and he was still, what, top nine running back? He was injured for a couple games, struggled to come back. He's heavily involved in the passing game. And that's kind of – that's what you're looking for there with the top five potential is someone that's going to get those 80-plus targets, and you know Kamara is going to. He wasn't scoring touchdowns last year, and that was his biggest fault. I think those go back up to the norm. And he's just – he's he's on a great offense. And like you said, the Cowboys have three pretty awesome wide receivers. How much are they going to have to use Zeke in the passing game? I still think he's going to be involved, but – if Dak starts throwing more and, you know, passing more touchdowns, that could steal away from touchdowns from Zeke, too. So I'm going with Kamara. He should be the star of his offense with Michael Thomas. And I love him for next year. I think this is actually a super interesting question in terms of uh, – so for our listeners, the question is, with Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup drawing coverage, do you think it'll open up lanes for Zeke? I absolutely do. But I think that part of the thing that's going to give Zeke that ceiling – uh, in terms of the 2020 season is going to be how many balls he catches. And I do think there's some some target dilution there with the addition of CeeDee Lamb and uh, emergence of Blake Jarwin. Like, we're going to – we we balling out, y'all. This is – He is – he's too high in my rankings. I need to – Bets, what do you think, bud? Yeah, I was hoping we could talk some injuries tonight because I, I'm super excited to bring that to Ball Blast uh, as a PT. So – Alvin Kamara, man, last year, he just was an uphill battle all year, right? MCL sprain, high ankle sprain. It's impossible for running back to come back from those injuries in a short amount of time. He just wasn't the same, and he said it himself. You know, I didn't feel good out there. I didn't feel explosive. Not myself. And the offseason workouts that he is putting out there look fantastic. I have full confidence in Alvin Kamara from a health perspective this season. It's going to be a, a, an up year for Kamara on pace for over 90 receptions last year. So even though he always has 81, 81. <laughs> the pace was above 90 last year. And I'm not that worried about Emmanuel Sanders from a target share perspective. Jared Cook doesn't get a lot of targets. He gets um, recep receptions in the red zone for sure. But yeah, give me give me Ava Kamara this year, especially in full PPR. Now, am I crazy for having Kamara ahead of Barkley? Yes. No. All right. I got a no, I got a yes. Bets, what do you say? I don't think it's crazy. Um, yeah. If you're asking me if there's a realm of possibility where Kamara finishes ahead of him, yeah, definitely. Exactly. I have Saquon ranked at two, but I would not fault anyone. I think he's right there. And we actually talked about it on our show when we did our top 12 rankings at the running back position. Mm -hmm. We said, guys, Alvin Kamara deserves to be in that top tier uh, echelon yep. of running backs. Yeah. All right. Well, then on the opposite end, so we just talked about two-star running backs. Is there a backfield that you will not draft any piece from for 2019? I don't know why there's a period in there, but. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not taking Le'Veon Bell anywhere. Anywhere. It doesn't matter who the running back is. I'm going to take Frank Gordy to stay away from the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hard pass <laughs> on the Jets this year. No, thank you. Yeah. Is it just because Adam Gase or do you think Le'Veon Bell's lost the step? I mean, uh, Le'Veon Bell, like the, the years in Pittsburgh, the dude was an absolute stud. He was a monster, but takes a year off. We know the story with the contract. Now he's playing for an offensive line that, yes, it's it's upgraded from last year, but it was bottom two in the league last year. Like, how good can it get? And, and right. I'm not convinced Adam Gase is going to change his ways. No, thank you, Mr. 3.2 yards per carry. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he scored the fewest fantasy points per snap. It was either per touch or per snap, but 
He yeah, was, yeah. He was real yeah. bad. And he was actually really bad in Pittsburgh, too, in 2017 with efficiency. He just got, like, 400 touches. That's why he was so good for fantasy. I okay. mean, these guys know, I've been saying for a few, couple years, ever since the holdout started to become a question mark, that Le'Veon Bell was never really that great. He was yeah. not ever he a top three running back in the league. He had volume, and he had the best offensive line in football, bar none, and a great offense with a great quarterback and great yep. receivers. Yeah. And he thrived off all of that. And then he goes over to the Jets. If he had gone anywhere average, it would have been bad. But going to one of the worst offenses, one of the worst coaches, and a terrible offensive line, just a recipe for disaster. I'm absolutely out. I will also say there's a couple other backfields that I might not draft any piece for because of price, not just because I don't want Le'Veon Bell. That One of them is the Colts. And this is going to be interesting because John, of oh, course, no. loves Jonathan Taylor. John but both, both Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack are going too high because they're both going in in realms where they're going to see, I don't know, 12 to 15 games of starterdom, and that's not going to happen because one of them is not going to be the starter. So I, I don't think I'm going to get any Colts, but the, the, the Jets are much worse. There's no question about that. <laughs> John is, like, freaking out right now inside. I am. I'm going to start on a different team and then I'm going to answer that blasphemous claim. Um, so the other team that I'm going to list here um, is the San Francisco 49ers. I want nothing to do with any Niners running back. Hey. At all. Any of them. Not a one. I don't care who. I don't want any of them. I don't want Jared McKinnon. I don't want Jared McKinnon. I don't care about what last year. I don't care about Raheem Mostert's absolutely phenomenal NFC championship game with 200 plus yards and four touchdowns. I just don't care because Kyle Shanahan doesn't care. And if Kyle Mm. Shanahan doesn't care, I don't care. He does not care who his running back is. He does not care who his running back is at all. Whatever running back is available to him and not fumbling the ball, he is going to give touches to. It might be Raheem Mostert for four weeks. And then Raheem Mostert might have a bum ankle. And then it's Tevin Coleman. And then it's Tevin Coleman for three more weeks. And then Tevin Coleman gets a concussion. And then Raheem Mostert and Jarek McKinnon split touches for a week. I, I want nothing to do with the San Francisco backfield at, at any price. I just it, It's too much of a headache for me, and I don't want it. I would much rather be wrong about that, where Raheem Mostert is going right now is the RB25 one spot ahead of the blasphemous claim that Okada just made, Jonathan Taylor, RB26. Oh, I get him out of here. anything to do with Raheem Mostert in a price range that includes Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Darius Geis. I want all of them before I want Raheem Mostert. So I don't want any Niners backfield. You want and Darius Geis before you want Raheem Mostert. Oh, hell yeah. Are we kind of like Darius Geis. Easily. I will Easily. say some of those running backs I'd rather have than most are like, I would rather have Hunt. I actually am kind of on the guy's side. I I definitely would not rather him than Montgomery. We already like, I'm sorry. We saw Montgomery with a massive workload and it just wasn't it. Montgomery is boring. Um, that's for sure. But I, I don't hate most like you do. I actually just posted an article on BobLastFootball.com and it includes Ooh, oh. why I think he'll be what a excited. hero next year and not a zero. So there's a couple guys in there that I said, they'll be zeros. I think most going to be a hero. Go read it, John. But I will agree. I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor than Moster. But I need. I just need to interject. You will talk when I'm done with my backfield. My, my back, blood pressure is high. She, so <laughs> the way he said that he won't take any Indianapolis Colts is how she feels about you saying San Fran because she's obsessed with Moster. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my backfield is the Rams, and it's not because my hate for Cam Akers. I don't even have hate, but whatever. I'm just not as high as everyone else. It's because we don't actually know he's going to win the job. Even if it's Cam Akers, even if he gets the whole entire workload, we saw Gurley, like, struggle. Their offensive line is terrible. And I think the system just was not good for running back. <laughs> the only reason Gurley was even usable last year was because he scored a touchdown. So like, many touchdowns. That's it. He just scored a touchdown, so he wasn't terrible for your team, even though he was still not very good. So I don't know why you, you're so excited for – Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson, I've been saying him as just a, you know, he's so late. But I, I'm going to not take any of them. I've been cooling on Daryl Henderson because I just don't want anyone in the Rams backfield. Really. Sorry. Kate, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I actually have nothing to say about your actual question. I just want to talk about Raheem Mostert for a second. 
I I need to talk about this this argument. And John, it is not just you. It is literally all of fantasy Twitter who is not behind Raheem Mostert. There is the narrative of the Kyle Shanahan rotation of running backs. Are we forgetting that we drafted Devonta Freeman over and over and over again? Because yeah, when they have the volume to give to two different running backs equally, and that they did. We didn't see that in San Francisco. We just saw them ship Matt Burita absolutely off. And I don't know that you paid attention. And they kept Jarek McKinnon. I, I don't know that you Jarek paid McKinnon's it. money. Because he was worth They money. got money stuck They're in Jarek McKinnon. Why wouldn't you keep Jarek McKinnon? You're paying him pennies. You need a third running You back. literally just need a body. And that's fine. I, I just don't think that you were paying attention to the workload that they were giving Raheem Mostert in the last half of the season. They gave... They fed him over and over and over again. You want to talk about Tevin Coleman getting uh, targets? Raheem Mostert saw more targets in the second half of the season than Tevin Coleman did. I just yeah. I don't understand the lack of regard for the upside and the disregard for just the volume that he's been getting. Mostert was better in every single metric like in the world than Yeah, I know I know his metrics. Than the rest, I, of, I than the rest of the NFL. Well, what if I I, I digress. The rest of the also, Shout out to uh, Troy with the live chat here, um, newest patron of Ball Blast. So thank you, Troy. You're the Woo! man. Um, Troy, what's what if up? I told you Tevin Coleman had 15 rush attempts inside the 10 and he mostly had six? Would that change anything um, for you? And would it ADP, would it change ADP your mind back 41 versus running back 26? I'll just take the cheaper guy. Would it change your mind if the fact that, you know, Tevin Coleman had all of those rushing attempts inside the five and he converted fewer touchdowns? Like Mostert did a good job of converting touchdowns. Listen, there's no question that Mostert did a great job with what he was given, but even to your point of what he did at the end of the year, it was the last six games that he started getting carries, and the most he had was 19 one game, and then he had no more than 15 in the other five. And then in the playoffs, he blew up. So he's not going to be a 15-carry guy necessarily, and for where he's going, I kind of want a 15-carry guy. At least... The best thing about Raheem Mostert is he doesn't need 15 carries. This is like talking anyway. to John Rod Taylor. Like, this is like it's true. Taylor. It's true. Okay. Tell him how he can um, become a Patreon. Dominate. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash ballblast. We are going to be working on some BA content with the Red Shirts crew. <laughs> we, are, we are going full force. Uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, exciting new things coming up. we got projections rankings all of the good stuff yeah, i think Intern everyone reports. in here wants to go become a patreon member right true Big and all of us I'm all of us join. are under are under one patreon now it is going to yeah. be one patreon for this whole Tons team and all of the staff writers that we have going for us um you get access to slack channels where you can come and talk football every day Wait, we have questions and trade comments and people saying you're insane for making that trade and them going, nah, -uh, this is why it's just, <laughs> it's iron sharpens iron. And you get in this community of people that are talking about football every day and it's awesome. So get in there. It's a blast. Next question, because that one was very heated. I want to ask a similar one. Is there an entire team's wide receiver core that you're staying away from? Can I say the same team that Bess just said? Cause I don't want any jets. That's also true. I feel like the Jets should oh, be no. like recused from Jets this. The 49ers. What would Devo hurt? I would 100% take the Jets over the 49ers. And here's what Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder, I like. Jameson Crowder is the highest of anyone probably on either team. So that's an interesting point. And I'm sorry, what we saw Brashad Perryman do last season, I know it was because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were disappearing into the abyss and injured but what do we think is going to happen in the jets offense do we think there are no targets for Rashad perryman this girl loves denzel mims there's some mims loving here megan oh hey Meg. i i worry about mims just from the perspective of rookies, i love mims but. um but yeah the rookies is going to be difficult for 2020 uh the question wasn't which two terrible offenses is worse <laughs> it was is there an entire team that you will not draft is it the jets oh god who, who you not draft i have two but i will pick the one that is more fun because it's Betts' team and it's the eagles i am not touching cool. a single eagles wide receiver i like Jalen rager and dynasty and i think he can be big in a few years maybe 
But yeah. no way I'm touching any of them this year. Jeffrey Hurt, Jackson, Rager is a rookie and not one who I don't I think is super NFL uh, ready and going to come out and catch nine. Hold balls. up, hold yes, up, Mo. hold up, Mo. I just saw what? Oh! What? Yes, <laughs> Mo in the chat. Mo, buddy. Shout out to Mo. <laughs> Two top sixteen man. wide receivers. That was that was bait, and I know it, but I'm still mad. It was. <laughs> it was me. I'll speak to yeah. the Eagles real quick. I'm kind of with you, Okada. Like, uh, we've talked about Alshon Jeffrey, and on Patreon, you're going to get my injury-based do-not-draft list. Like, literally, don't even bother, because the injury is not going to allow you to be productive in fantasy. So, here's a freebie. Alshon Jeffrey, do not draft him. It's it's not going to happen this year. Liz Frank injury in December had surgery. Ooh. It takes at least a year. So, by the time he's back on the field, it's not going to matter. Deshaun Jackson... Literally always hurt. Now, I will say I'm confident in his rehab this year, but you look at the overall trend, it's not good. And then Jalen Rager, there was a piece that just came out on The Athletic looking at um, some quotes from Doug Peterson. He was talking about Jalen Rager having to learn the system, learn from Deshaun Jackson, like all these comments that just say like year one, it might not be it. it. If Zach Ertz is ranked below tight end three for you, I mean, I have concerns about that. Like he is going to be an asset this year. And oh, yeah. for everyone out there saying Miles Sanders never produced because he was he wasn't on the field with the healthy wide receivers, 2020 is going to be the exact same as 2019. So right. Miles Sanders, man, that's that's it there. Uh, I like that call, Kata, though, a lot. So I have a team to talk about other than just jokingly saying the Jets. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I want Jonathan Taylor so much, because the Colts wide receivers are trash and they're tied mm-hmm. to a wet noodle of an arm in Phillip Rivers. So the wide receiver core right now is aging slash oft injured T.Y. Hilton, who is going in like the wide receiver 40 range or something like that. Like he's going ridiculously low. Um, and it's just because he's he's not what he once was. Prime T.Y. Hilton was absolutely phenomenal. I loved him for fantasy five years ago, but he's just not that anymore. Opposite of him is rookie Michael Pittman Jr., who is a rookie. Rookie wide receivers often don't produce huge numbers right away. I'm not going to trust him being the wide receiver too without like a really legitimate wide receiver one opposite of him that is going to steal coverage because T.I. is just not that guy anymore. I'm not trusting Michael Pittman Jr. in 2020 at all. He's a fine dynasty asset as well. I'm okay taking a chance on him. Um, Yeah, I I like him as a talent. And when they're starting a young quarterback next year instead of Phillip Rivers – Maybe we'll see what happens. But for 2020, I'm out. There's just no wide receiver that I think is going to be trustable on a week-to-week basis at all in Indy. Yeah. I agree with all of these, actually. Like, Philly, I really agree. Jalen is a great talent, but I totally agree with you, Akana. I think you're the one that said, in a couple of years. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's a really raw talent where he's going to be fantastic in the league, but he might take a little bit longer, especially with this offseason. I'm not touching anyone to the Eagles. Totally agree with you. I'm a little bit – I don't hate. T.Y. Hilton this year. You're being a little too agreeable, Michelle. I don't. I don't want to T.Y. Hilton this kind of nice. I like it. Probably on any of my teams. Uh, I think I was going to bring up. I wanted to get everyone's opinion on what about the Broncos because Sutton was not very good with Drew Lock last year, like at all. And now Ooh. you have Jerry Judy coming in that's going to probably just hurt Sutton and then maybe hurt like hurt the whole squad. And then he's a rookie. Like, can you trust him? And then you have KJ Hamler. And then you have Fant, who never got any targets. Like, are you touching anyone, a pass catcher on that team? Um, yeah. That's tough. We did do a uh, pod for the Redshirts a few weeks back of offenses that were not touching. And the Broncos were one of mine. So I guess technically I agree with you. I do still like Sutton. I think he can be a decent wide receiver too. But if his draft price is going to be a little bit above that, I'm not sure what it is right now. I think he's probably right now. in that range. So that's close. Yeah, I think he'll probably be a little bit below that, so I'm probably not drafting him. It's not as bad as these other places we've we've named. And I think Judy is certainly a more NFL-ready rookie than some of the rookies we've named. So if someone's mm-hmm. going to do something, it could be him. But yeah, I kind of agree. I don't, I don't think I really want any of it. All right, Kate, do you have a team or do you disagree with all this? Um, it's really just the 49ers. So I, I, I'm i not avoiding any pass catchers, but I, I genuinely think that that's going to be George Kittle and company. I don't like there's he is the wide receiver core. And yeah. True. <laughs> there is with no Debo, one else. With this injury, like George Kittle. Yeah, I, I'm not trusting Debo for a full season. I really just think it's going to be sort of a around merry-go-robin whatever you want well, to hold on one second because i'm still scrolling to find his name 
I'm still scrolling. I'm still Where scrolling. Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk is going at wide receiver 64. He's forgotten Ooh! right now. Brandon Ayuk. It's going He's to be forgotten. really hard. It's, I'm it's, drafting Brandon Ayuk. It's yeah, going to be so hard to trust <laughs> a rookie wide receiver this year. It's always hard to trust them in redraft. This offseason, yeah. it's going to be so hard to swallow that pick because you know it's going to take them time, and you're just yes. going to have to be patient. I love Brandon Ayuk. He was one of my favorite mm-hmm. rookies coming out, but I don't know about in redraft. We had actually a really interesting question from Rob, Rob Graphics, and we need to hear Betts' um, opinions on this. The Texans wide receiver squad is interesting. I would love to hear the injury experts take on breaking it down, especially Brandon Cooks. Do we have four hours? <laughs> Brandon Cooks. With his really. history, is he even draftable? Yeah, it's tough because I don't have ADP pulled up in front of me. But these this wide receiver core, you know, it, it's tough. Like, they're all the same type of players. Speed, mm-hmm. explosive, the highest upside. 31, is that for? 36. Fuller? For oh, 36 for Cooks. They all have upside. They all have speed. Fuller's all 34. Lengthy injury history. And I think that tells you, like, fantasy players don't know what to do. Right. with these two players now last year i was telling people don't even bother drafting will fuller coming off the acl combined his history of hamstring injuries it just was going to be a recipe for disaster and we saw him miss a, a huge chunk of the season i will say if there was ever a year i was going to be in on a bounce back for a player for will fuller this is the year at his draft price i'm kind of in i was never in previously because people always wanted him to be the wide receiver two on your roster and that just was so expensive it's just it wouldn't have paid off but at wide receiver three prices I'll take a shot for Brandon Cooks. It's all about the concussion history, right? Ugh. Five at least documented in the NFL. We know research says each time a player gets a concussion, the more they have, they're more likely to miss more time, more games, take longer to get back on the field. And it's tough because you just can't predict that, right? Like if he goes across the middle, takes a shot to the head, lands on the turf, hits his head, you, you just can't predict it. So it's tough. I, I think it's it's fine to go in on both these guys, but you have to understand the, the risk is certainly there. Okay. I like Brandon Cooks is a guy that I really want to draft because I know Hopkins or I know Watson is going to need his number one guy with Hopkins gone. I'm just so scared. If he gets a concussion, how many how many weeks is he going to miss from one concussion because of how many he's had? Like oh, at least what, a month. Yeah, I know. So like how how can you trust him? Because once you get so many concussions, it's so much easier to get a concussion, right? Yep, okay. for sure. Fun fact, uh, Brandon Cooks actually came to Pittsburgh for his concussion treatment. Yeah, you can mm. very uh good for that. All right. Yeah, One more thing on Brandon Cooks, though, is like he's one of those players where if everything goes right for him, though, Brandon Cooks could totally be a top 15 guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like he's yeah. got that in his his potential outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Tied to Deshaun Watson with, with no DeAndre Hopkins anymore. If he's fully healthy, like, oh man, like it's 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 gonna be scary. So I don't know. It depends on the gamble you want to take on him. If you've already got four other wide receivers uh, ahead of him, and this is someone you can grab late, then I, I might take the dart throw on him there. That, is there a chance, though, Ricardo, that he could make it through the season without a concussion, or is that like so unlikely? Because he's going to get hit all the time. Like, how is he going to make it through it? Bets. You thought that, I, you're asking me, I didn't mean Okada. Bets. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, like I said, you, you just can't really predict it. I mean, we know the statistics say like players that have a lengthy injury history are more likely to get in a concussion. Um, but certainly it, it's possible it could happen. I think his draft price baked in with that risk makes him at least worth a draftable player in fantasy because the upside's there. I mean, the good thing about a concussion, right? So it's not like a if you're recovered from a concussion, you are recovered from a concussion. You might, you're prone to more concussions. You're prone to being out longer if you get one. But presumably, if you are recovered from a concussion, you're you're healthy. Um, it's not like you know an ankle injury, which you know you might be back in the game, but you have some lingering you know ligament damage or you know that's still sort of healing, even though you can technically still be on the field. So like. If it goes right for him, yeah, I think he's he's an interesting choice. I want to pick him in every league. I just I'm I, I'm not brave enough. Will you I, take Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller, guys? Cooks, Cooks, really Cooks for me as well. Yep, I'll take Cooks too. I'll take Fuller. All right, let's move on. So we're we're talking about strategy here, and now most of us play. 
two quarterback leagues sometimes, but this is a one quarterback league, one tight end league. We're not talking about any premiums. It's just a normal league that a lot of our listeners play. Let's talk about strategy here. If you're going to go quarterback early or tight end early, because I some of us prefer to go both later, but if you're going to choose one or the other, would you rather take Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, or Travis Kelsey, the tight end, presumably quarterback one, tight end one, in the second round? Which way would you rather go? Uh, this is easy for me, so I'll start it off. Uh, it's tight end. I actually tend to like to go a little earlier on tight end. If I'm going in the second round, I'd rather be Kittle, and I'd rather go like third or fourth round and maybe get a Mark Andrews or fifth and sixth round and get like a Hunter Henry or something like that. Right. I, I'm not a guy who likes to punt on tight end. I think the tight end value you can get with these top end guys is so huge. So I actually kind of like Travis Kelsey early-ish. This is still too early for me, but unless I have to get him here. Pat Mahomes, on the other hand, I'm not even convinced. I mean, listen, he's great. He's going to be a top five quarterback. But I'm not convinced he's going to be the one or the two nearly as much as I'm convinced Kelsey is going to be the one or the two. You got Lamar Jackson, you got Dak Prescott, you got Kyler Murray. He's going to be great. There's no question. But like even last year when he wasn't injured, he was not who he was two years before. And that's because regression happens to everybody and he's not going to have 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns every season. And chances are it's not going to happen this year either. Very high chances. So it's Kel- it's Kelsey for me, and it's pretty easy. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp there. Um, for me, the positional scarcity and the positional advantage that you get on your opponent by having an elite tight end um, compared to if I waited a few rounds later and picked up a Russell Wilson that on a week to week basis can give me similar production. Um, or any of the other quarterbacks that were named, Dak Prescott, who's probably going as like the three, Kyler Murray, if you're really going to wait even later, Daniel Jones that we talked about earlier, on a week-to-week basis, the quarterback position is generally pretty pretty close, other than if you have one of Pat Mahomes' monster games where he throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. And that does happen. You're going to have those weeks, and that's the appeal of him because he has weapons that he can get the ball to and they house it. Tyreek Hill can take any ball to the house. But if I have Travis Kelsey, who could be on the receiving end of one of those weeks and have 120 yards and two touchdowns, and my opponent has Johnny Smith for two catches and 40 <laughs> yards, then uh, I just got a massive gift wreck. And I do like Johnny Smith if you're going to go late tight end. But the advantage there is, is astronomical. You could be making up a 20-point a difference from one of your positions by having the elite tight end. Well, yeah, no question. I mean, this is these two gentlemen. Um, I'm lucky enough to call my co-hosts are the smartest in the business. Um, fantastic answers. I wish I could add more to it. I can't. You you shouldn't take quarterback early. The, the st- statistics every year show that it doesn't work. Just don't take a quarterback in the first or second round. Travis Kelsey is the answer. Okay. Um, I actually think the more interesting answer is. Uh, in relation to the article that I just wrote over on four for four this week, um, I went head to head with uh, fellow four for four writer Eric Moody. Um, and who would you rather have, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey? That's I think that. No, I'm saying that is the more <laughs> interesting question because, like, we all know that we're proponents of the late round quarterback, right? I think we would have all took Hill in that case. So. Would we? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you? Which well, we all took Kelsey in this case, so I don't know if either question's super hard. Well, I will. So I, I will say this, by the way, for for the listeners, just as a, a some context, if you wait to pick one twenty, you can get Mike Kosicki at tight end, or you can get Matthew Stafford at quarterback, who I love. I think has a good chance of being a top five quarterback this year. It's not even close for me when you have those options. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not picking either one early, but it, you know, some people do like to take these bigger names and help them out a little bit. And I do think having a Travis Kelsey really is, you know, it's a it's a little bit of a cheat code when you can just plug them in every week. You're just going to have to hit on someone else later. So that's one of those things where if you can hit on your fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, you're going to be fine taking Kelsey. You know, if he's if you took like an Aaron Jones in the fourth last year, then you were fine taking a Travis Kelsey. It's just 
if you bust on one of those guys and you took Kelsey, it's going to hurt a little bit more. Uh, but I, I would go with the tight end there as well, just because finding a good tight end every week is pretty hard unless you have, like last year, it was like whoever plays the Cardinals. And if there was yeah. a <laughs> here, then you were good. Like the most ridiculous tight ends actually scored a touchdown on them. Parkinson's right. one good game, week one. Yeah, <laughs> week one. Right, well, where the one I, time no one started him. It's right. almost like you knew the next question. Which second? Oh. No offense. Well, I'm really good at this. Um, <laughs> tight end 11 ADP versus TJ Hawkinson. Guys, I know it's fan. Sorry. No offense. How many fans are there? All the fans. Which one are we going with? This is tough. Ooh, I, for me, this one's it comes tougher. out of the quarterback because they're so close. I'm not sold on Drew Locke. Now, in Dynasty, I'm interested in Drew Locke. If you're going to rank you know, Drew Locke inside the top 15, or if you're a player and you're assuming he's going to be top 15, people don't like when I say this because I put it on Twitter and Broncos fans lost their mind. He only threw against bad secondaries and produced. We don't know that he's good. We just don't. He's fun to root for. He wears the, the shooter sleeve, which is fun. He dances on the sideline. I'm all about it. I love it. But I don't know that he's good for the NFL yet. We just don't know. We haven't seen it. Matthew Stafford is a stud, one of the best arm talent in the league. I'll take TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, this one's kind of tough for me. It's going to be Fant, and I'm going to say it's going to be Fant for two reasons. One, while Stafford is a better quarterback, he's never supported a tight end. He's never liked having a tight end. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's got great receivers, because he does right now and has for many years. Um, Hawkinson, on the other hand, is a rookie, but not a rookie anymore, but a young quarterback. And I tend to believe that young quarterbacks like to look to their tight ends a little bit more. They're big, reliable pass-catching options who are going to get open because of the way they're used in today's NFL. So those put those things together. And, and just from a prospect perspective, I like Fant more. I liked him from the draft more than, than Hawkinson, and I still do. So take those things together, and it's Fant by a hair for me. Just as a, an interesting caveat, everyone wants to talk about Drew Locke right now as being like the next MVP of the league because of what they did for – yeah, big O. That's absolutely fantastic. They did take – True. Um, I can't like the sixth round. Oh, Kai, what's his last name? Thank you. Akue Bunam. Akue Bunam. Um, They took him late, but it was his college guy, so that's interesting. They didn't need a second tight end there. Uh, Now, everyone wants to talk about Drew Locke being, like, the next MVP of the league because of what they did in the draft. They went, like, weapon, weapon, weapon for him down the board, and everyone's freaking out. Do your your flaily thing. (laughs) Do do it. Thank you. (laughs) Everyone's doing that about Drew Locke who played for five games down the stretch last year and had very, very mediocre games, or they were good games against really bad defenses. You know who no one is talking about at quarterback? No one's talking about Dwayne Haskins, who also finished the season with like a small sample, just like what we're talking about from another rookie quarterback, and looked really good and made strides. So like everyone's freaking out on this one hand about one quarterback and not talking about the other. And in my opinion, they're in like the same exact situation except one team drafted another wide receiver. And that's the only difference. The other one has Terry McLaurin, who we love. Anyways, I digress. For me, this is Noah Fant also, and it is tough, but I'm going to do like basically the same thing that Okada said there. I like Fant the prospect better, and I do think that we saw um, Drew Locke use his tight end a lot in college. We, we know that he likes throwing to the tight end position, um Fant had some kind of flashes in the pan last season tight ends never really break in year one though ever it like mm-hmm. never happens so I think that both of these guys are interesting for this season but I- I'm kind of thinking that Drew Lock might throw more targets Fant's way than what we'd see out of Stafford okay. I, I I'm easily going Hawkinson here Locke scares me a lot. And I'm not saying he can't be good. He can't make progress. But, like, last year, I feel like people are going off of last year and saying he's going to be so great. Like, last year was not good. He's good against Houston. One game. <laughs> Tell him, Michelle. Tell him. good against Houston. And the rest of the four games, he was very, very mediocre at best. But he can rap. All of the players. <laughs> all of the players have never got worse in fantasy. Sutton, the running backs, both of them saw less targets. Like, it wasn't good for the whole offense. Fant, with Drew Locke, one reception, four receptions. Great. That was his great game against Houston. Two receptions, two receptions, one reception. Those are the games mm. of Drew Locke. 
And yes, Fant's very athletic and he's great after the catch. That's fantastic. But I, I'm the opposite of you guys. I actually had Hawkinson as the better prospect coming out. They were very close, obviously. But I prefer TJ Hawkinson as a pure prospect. And I know Matthew Stafford doesn't typically love to use his tight ends, but I feel like he was trying to use Hawkinson last year. Hawkinson had some really weird drops in the end zone. And it was just, it didn't feel like it was all clicking. But it, like you said, tight ends don't break out in their rookie year. I saw... I just saw more that I liked out of Hawkinson as rookie year. I think he's more of that prototypical tight end, more like baby grunk. Uh, I, I see a breakout for him next year. Hawkinson's a guy I'm going to be targeting, and Fant is a guy I will never be targeting. And redrop Dynasty, I'm okay with it. Dynasty, he's too uber talented as well. I'm easily going Hawkinson as well, and it actually has most to do. I first of all, I don't, I don't trust Drew Locke. Uh, it, that I think seems we all to be are the, in agreement. The common theme here. <laughs> yep. today. Even the fan pickers agree there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's just not. I I don't want to put my stock, uh, in, especially in a redraft league where I get like one shot, one opportunity to draft every single you quarterback. Ever, ever ever literally comes down to me looking at the tape and. Like Michelle said, there were so many le- like plays that Hawkinson left on the field last year. Just dumb, like messy, like it was almost rookie. like watching it, they were rookie oh, mistakes. They were like they were rookie mistakes, but it was like I was watching OJ Howard. Like, you know how every time you watched OJ Howard, he just looked uncomfortable? Like last year. A, yeah, last year, not the year prior, but like whenever you watch TJ Hawkinson, he'd have these flashes and then he'd do something that like like OJ Howard had that like over the back. Oh, like, what? I remember that. Hawkinson <laughs> did just some weird stuff that I was like, what do you just catch it? Like, just trying too hard. Just, yeah, just be chill, hard. man. Just be chill. And that's Let the game come to you, bud. That's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to go, go, uh, you know, take, take a breather from the season. I think he's going to relax, calm the heck down, and then he's going to come back and he's going to catch. Uh, a lot of footballs from Matthew Stafford. All right. It's also the best shape of his life season, and we're getting all the workout picks. Have you guys seen Hawk? There was a oh, workout pick. There, oh, dude's looking spelt. Yeah, he nice. got he 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 cut up a little bit more. Like last year, it was a side by. Yeah, it was a, exactly just your rankings accordingly. Uh, it, he the picture it was a side by side, and it was like Hawk went from that rookie body to that NFL body. Like <laughs> right. he totally like bulked up in the off season, so. Did everyone give their answer? Yep. Okay. Yes, okay Real yes. quick to finish up here. We have six minutes left. Let's go around the horn. Around the horn. Give a quick answer because I have a feeling John's answer for this one will be very long, but we're going to get quick answers. Who, besides Joe Burrow, because that would be cheating. Oh, my gosh. Wins Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. Who wants to go first? I have a feeling John already knows his answer. It's anybody but Jonathan Taylor, right? <laughs> right? Oh, got to be. Give your answer because we all know who it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, John, you go ahead and go first. Get it out of the way. Oh, me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, me. Uh, all right. Um, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor, no matter what. Uh, no, although that is there too, but it, it's going to be this dude. Oh, rocking, rocking that, that sexy two <laughs> and eight, rocking that throwback two eight, like what Mr. Marshall Falk did once upon a time back in Indy. Um, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor, who I think is going to comfortably have over a thousand yards. It all just depends on how soon he takes over the job. That that's it. That's all that's going to determine his his yardage total. If you told me that he ran for fourteen hundred, I believe it behind that offensive line. If he started the season like week one or week two on a roll, so it's Jonathan Taylor for me. Um, that's it. I'm not going to. You go next because I have two, and I want to see if you'll pick one, so I don't have to. Okay. Well, but, I think on. you want me to to not say Ayuk, so I'll leave that one for you. Oh no 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 um, no! Ayuk's not oh, in the picture. Right. There's no All receivers right, in the picture. Get out of my face. Yeah, yeah. Right for now. me, it's the only running back taken in round one, and I think there's a chance Clyde Edwards-Helaire comes out and Ooh. smashes this year. Good you, pick. these two hooligans on my podcast here, Okada and, and John, <laughs> tell me I'm I'm overhyped and too excited. But listen, man, when Pat hey, comes out of hands. You. Do you All right, remember good. my reaction so to the draft? Yes, I, I remember. When Pat Mahomes comes out and hands picks you to be his running back, yeah. it means something. Taking in the first round, they could have anyone. They took him in the first round. They could have got him probably round three. I, I, I don't know, man. Damian Williams, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if he's it. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is definitely it. Best uh, pass catching back in the class. 
I'll take him here to be my pick. Okay, so I don't know what the odds are on either of those guys, but I'm betting that the odds on the running back that I would pick are are better, and it would be Cam Akers. I'm sorry, Michelle. I know you hate Cam Akers, but I'm not saying that Cam Akers has a I better chance than those Cam two Akers. guys. <laughs> Whatever. You slightly dislike him. I don't know what the proper adjectives are. I hate are. people who obsess over him. That's it. He had okay. a bad offensive line. That's I, don't, I don't obsess over him, but I do think that he has the best chance to be the guy out the gate. And I do think that he can score 10 plus touchdowns in this offense. And if he does that, it's going to be hard for him not to win. However, I'm only saying that as a note to their running back picks. My pick would actually be Tua. Because I think if Tua takes over by week two or two or three, he is going to, I like him better than Burrow as a prospect. We know that. And well, these guys know that. I don't know if everybody knows that, Uh, but I like Tua better. And so if he gets the starting job early enough in the season, I think he flashes enough that he could challenge Burrow for the. And I'm going to take a quarterback wherever I can because your odds are better. Well, but yeah, give me two. Of I'm, I'm going to. I, I only mentioned Cam because I like him better as a pick than the two guys. Kata literally names every offensive rookie. I'm going to use. The, I'm going <laughs> to use the term because it fits, and I want to. Is there any chance that two are red shirts this year, bets? <laughs> oh, let's go! Uh, I love it. Um, no, there's a chance, by the way, that he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought. Thinking that just ask if to oh okay I was, okay you yeah. thought he was just going for the punt i thought he was just going for the punt. no like <laughs> legitimately is he gonna sit for a year behind he definitely could behind fits. Yeah, could. Could yeah. hey who's your answer i i find it interesting that we're all going with different running backs and this is going to be a i know mm-hmm. i'm stressed anyway. about this okay. no, um, is she gonna say it don't yep. say it don't say it i'm not gonna say my guy either just say it. Keyshawn Vaughn. Like five seconds. Okay. That I'll allow. Vaughan. I will take yep. Keyshawn Vaughn all day. He's going to be like mini, mini James White. Sorry, Rojo, if you're watching, because I know you're a big fan of us. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I just think he is so, so underrated. They did wonders for their offensive line in Tampa. You've got Tom Brady, who likes to utilize a pass-catching running back. Keyshawn Vaughn is a better pass-catching running back. He is a better... Run, he's, he's a bad running back, period. I'm sorry. There is that they went and got a new running back. Like that, it, I, okay. I like it. She took over like me. If I'm going to rank your guys, this is you all got to pick. It would, for 29, for 2020, because I love Taylor more than anybody, but for 2020, Offense Rookie of the Year, I would go with Clyde, then I'd go with Taylor. And then I go with Vaughn and Tua just because I don't think he's going to play. If he plays, of course, like that's probably an easy one besides Burrow. I'm going to go with someone else. It's not going to be my boy Moss. I don't think he's going to get enough volume to be Offensive Player of the Year. But I will go with Justin Herbert. Now, hear me out. I don't love him as a prospect so much where I think he's going to be this great NFL quarterback. But I think think he can make good enough plays. And if he gets to start by, let's say, week three – because Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor is not a good NFL quarterback. He's not going to win the team. He's not going to bring the team deep into the playoffs. But that team overall is pretty good. They have yep. a really good defense. They have good playmakers around them. If Justin Herbert brings that team to the playoffs, when Philip Rivers couldn't last year, he will be in consideration for Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. So that's Absolutely. my that's my sleeper because you guys took some of my favorites, but that would be my guy. No, that's that, a very well-thought-out answer. That That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and and they are they're one of those teams that's poised to utilize the cheat code, right? They have everything else that you want in a rookie quarterback. And we know that when you have that quarterback on that rookie deal and you've got that money to spend elsewhere without having to pay 30 mil a year, um, that's that's good. They're 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 in kind of a sweet spot if they didn't happen to be in the same division as the Chiefs. So we'll we'll see what happens. Real, real quick too, if you're looking at like value bets like we're gonna bring some some sports betting to ball blast this year super excited about that yeah, we um that's that's the play plus 2000 on justin herbert oh. joe burrows plus 250 ceh plus 60, 650 i mean the value there you throw 10 bucks on it you could be having a freaking party at the end Crispy. of the year so yes yes please we got Vaughn at plus nine thousand. we got Vaughn at plus nine thousand. wow yeah before like he, this yeah, is before he skyrocketed up yeah i remember it, us talking about that yeah 
It was pretty great, but now I, I'm going. I might go put money down to Herbert. I think I just talked myself into it. I thought Same. of it as you guys were all taking my guys, and but I kind of liked my uh, reasoning. But anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on. We're probably going to do this way more often because we're a team. Woo! Everybody, please, please check out their podcast. They will continue doing the Red Shirts podcast uh, with a new dynasty. Focus. Well, they were always dynasty. Focus, they were, you know, they were, but like extra, extra. And then Michelle and I on the Ball Blast podcast, we will be focusing on redraft leagues. And then check out our website, ballblastfootball.com. We are going to be having a shenanigan of a time over there. We've got an awesome writing staff. Subscribe. <laughs> we have a, a new relaunch coming up yeah we're gonna have a beautiful new site but that might take a while so don't get too excited because hopefully not too far but (laughs) yeah so anyways everyone have a great night and thanks guys again bye Bye. and in